Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Good afternoon and a happy hump day Wednesday, September 21st, the year 2022. September 21st, I think it's the first day of fall. And we're in uh, a heat wave down here in the south, temperatures in the upper 90s. So um, fall, when are you going to fall into our lap? Um, we got a busy day planned for you and yours. Um, our guest list today, uh, Michael Huguenin, will talk all things college football. Is there a better place to be if you're a student than in Boone, North Carolina, with what App State has done in back-to-back weeks? Wow. Um, talk about that um, with Mike Huguenin. Ben McDonough will join us. Oh, the chase is on. Aaron Judge hits home run number 60, and Albert Pujols is at 698. They both need two home runs, one judge to surpass Roger Maris's 61 home run record, and Pujols to join three others in the Elite 700 Club. We'll talk with Ben McDonald about that. Training camp right around the corner for the NBA. And some big news on the NBA front. We'll talk about uh, the Pels and other things with Ali Cassell. And the Tigers from LSU, well, they are um, they're pretty good against these non-conference opponents. They've won 10 straight and 59 of its last 60 games against non-conference opponents in Tiger Stadium. New Mexico is the next victim. We'll talk about that ball game with Blake Rafino. But my main man. James Mesh, he's back in the master control suite in the game studios, spinning the tunes, pushing all the buttons. Now, those studios are on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on 1041 Lake Charles. Hi, all you friends up there in the great city of Lake Charles. Great to have you. Uh, We are streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you happen to be in the Acadiana area, and you hear a television set, well, pop that bad boy on because we're also simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. Well, the biggest story nationally, Phoenix Suns owner Robert Sarver announced in a statement this morning that he has started the process to sell his stake in both the Phoenix Suns of the NBA and the Phoenix Mercury of the WNBA. The move comes after Sarver was suspended for a year and fined $10 million by the league following the completion of an investigation into his inappropriate workplace misconduct. Sponsors were falling off the shelf. No players wanted to go play there. He just said it was an untenable situation. It is his fault. There's no question about it. Um, And he's going to sell his share, and he's going to make a killing off of it and go off into the sunset in a very, very happy way. No problem. Aaron Judge hit home run number 60 
last night in the Bronx, but he couldn't celebrate it because his Yankees were trailing in the ninth inning. His home run brought the Yankees to within three. The Yankees load the bases, and Giancarlo Stanton hits the ball out the yard for a grand slam, and all euphoria breaks loose in the Bronx. What what a night it was. So move a lot, move aside or move over a little bit, Babe Ruth, because you have some company at number 60 with uh, Aaron Judge hitting that one, that monumental home run. Uh, only five players that hit 60 homers in a single season in the history of the major leagues. And that is until Judge joined that club with a solo homer against the Pirates last night. He drove it 430 feet into the left field bleachers, and that sparked a five-run ninth-inning rally for a 9-8 to eight win. He's one homer shy now of tying Roger Maris's American League single-season record of 61 home runs set back in 1961, which also stood as the major league mark for 37 years. Uh, the six-foot-seven judge tied Babe Ruth, who did uh, hit 60 back in 1927 for eighth place, on the single-season home run list. So there you go. Um, Judge has 15 games left to tie and hopefully surpass Roger Maris. In the National League, Albert Pujols is at 698 career home runs. He's got 13 games left in this regular season to try and join three others in the 700 club of home runs in Major League Baseball history. Boy, I hope he gets it. I really, really do. Hope he does. Um, We will talk about some undefeated football teams who happen to be college basketball powerhouses. It's never happened before that three games into a season, Kansas, Kentucky, Duke, North Carolina – and Indiana, yes, they are basketball schools, Coach Stoops. They really are. But they're all undefeated in college football. How about that? The Raging Cajuns men's basketball team released its non-conference schedule today. They have home dates against Louisiana Tech and Samford, a first-round matchup against Harvard in the Asheville Championship, and road games against Texas SMU and Drake. Now, Bobby Marlins Club reached the championship game of the Sunbelt Conference Tournament last year. They'll play five of its scheduled 14 home games against non-conference opponents beginning with the season opener on November 7th against Centenary College. Yes, indeed. Um, LSU football announced their 2023 schedule um opening up on a sunday september 3rd a rematch with the florida state seminoles this time in orlando some notes about this um first game versus grambling and georgia state it will be the earliest game versus arkansas in the 67 game series between the two it'll be week four for LSU, September the 23rd. Uh, it'll be the fourth earliest meeting of 111 games in the Ole Miss series, which will be week five right after the Arkansas game. That game in 
Oxford. It'll be the first game against Army since 1931. That's going to be October 21st, followed by a bye. And then you've got Bama and Florida back to back. The schedule concludes on November 25th against Texas A&M. Yes, indeed. In LSU baseball news, outfielder Dylan Cruz was named MLB.com's number one prospect for the 2023 draft. They write, Cruz batted 349 as a sophomore. His stock took a slight hit when he batted 158 with a 30% strikeout rate in a dozen games with the U.S. Collegiate National Team. Kay Cruz will anchor the 23 Tiger team as loaded as any in the country. How about that? Yes, indeed. So uh, we've got those things happening as well. Um, so we'll get you covered across the banks. Um, NBA teams coming into play. Uh, apparently the word is out that Zion Williamson is in the greatest shape of his life. Uh, if he is, what kind of numbers will he put up this year, considering what he did basically out of shape um, before? How about that? Um, the NFL has warned Bruce Arians, the former Tampa Bay Buccaneers coach, over his sideline conduct in week two. They sent him a warning. Um, he's on the side. He works in the front office as a senior assistant to general manager Jason Lick, but he was on the sideline. He was getting into it verbally with Marshawn Lattimore, um, pacing up and down inside the white line area, the white box area where only coaches and players can be. Uh, and Bruce Arians, it looked like he was back coaching rather than being upstairs in a booth. Um, Todd Bowles said the Saints didn't provide a booth for their people. That's a bunch of baloney. They have more booths for, for the owners and 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 uh, coaches up in the box. There's plenty of room. But Arians spent the majority of the game on the sideline. This just this just adds to this rivalry that just won't go away. Bruce Arians, I think if you took a poll, a silent poll with nobody knowing who voted in what way, I guarantee you every coach and every player would say, um, hey, uh, Bruce Arians, just go away. You're not a coach anymore. Go, go retire. Go leave. Get out of here. We don't want you in the sideline bench area. We don't. Get away. Anyway, just uh, – just crazy. So we've got a lot of fun stuff to talk about, including, um, yes, these college football, uh, basketball, blue bloods who are doing well in football. I don't care if they haven't played anybody or not. They're still 3-0 and all across the board. That's pretty darn good. And uh, holy mother meatballs will explain that uh, on a play-by-play -play call by a young student who has uh, gone viral with that. Um so a lot of fun stuff today. But, of course, the NFL action is uh, in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns. We're talking big plays and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%.
with payouts bigger than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? Now, to make sure things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code 1037GAME to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code 1037GAME only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, physically present in Louisiana. Select parishes only. Bonus issued as free bets, one boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Parlay and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility and terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-770-STOP. We'll talk college football when we return with uh, Michael Huguenin of On3.com here on the Jordy Helper Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. Uh-oh. Do you know what day it is? Huh? Anybody? It's time for Jordy to break down the biggest storylines in college athletics with Mike Huguenin of On3.com. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? Here is Hump Day with Huguenin. On the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Good afternoon, Michael Huguenin. How are you, buddy? Doing, uh, doing quite well. And now, look, th- this is September. It's not March. What the heck are we doing talking about Kansas, Kentucky, Duke, North Carolina, and Indiana? Yes, Coach Stoops, those are basketball schools, but they're all 3-0 in football. What's what? My goodness. Yeah, this is uh, – the Kansas start is incredible. Lance Leopold is a great coach, and I don't think enough people realize what he has done in his career. Wisconsin Whitewater wins Division three titles, multiples, goes to Buffalo, turns them around quickly, and he's second year at Kansas. And Les Miles left that program in horrendous shape. And I think Kansas beats Duke on Saturday to start 4-0. And if they start 4-0, they got a legit chance to go to a bowl game. And, and that's mind-blowing when you talk about Kansas football. But you know, Duke is playing well under Mike Elko. Um, North Carolina has lived on the edge but is uh, doing well. Indiana has lived on the edge but is unbeaten. So, yeah, the basketball schools wow. uh, are showing out early in, early, uh, in the season. I'm salivating for hoops already. I can't believe it. Um, Michael Hugan at On3.com. Is there a better place to be if you're a, a student and a college football fan than to be in Boone, North Carolina, after what they've done in back-to-back weeks? They upset Kansas State, and then they have – the Holy Mother meatball call of the day uh, as they throw the Hail Mary and it's caught and the Mountaineers come from behind and beat Troy 32-28. I don't think anybody's been to class for two weeks. Yeah, that's it is sort of an incredible story. Um, they're playing you – know, they're not really playing all that great, but no. they're, they're exciting. Um, the, the Texas A&M win – I think was as much about Texas A&M failures as App State positives, but yeah, this is also a team that scored 40 points in a quarter in a quarter and lost. And then last week they they get the miracle uh, to beat Troy and John Sumrall, the first year coach, which had to be sort of disheartening for Sumrall. Um, but yeah, App State is living on the edge, and they're two and one. And they uh, interesting game this week. They play James Madison. And this is, you know, App State's a former 
uh, big fish in, a, in the small FCS pond, and now they're welcoming James Madison in his first year in the FBS ranks. Another big fish in a small pond, former FCS school, and James Madison starts six transfers. So um, it, it's, that's going to be, I think, an extremely high-scoring game because I don't think either defense is going to be able to stop the other's offense. I have seen some crazy things before. Mike Hugan and On3.com. We, we saw um, Lane Kiffin fired on the tarmac by USC. I've never seen a coach fired as he's walking off the field like Herm Edwards was at Arizona State. He walks across the goal line and we're standing right there are the, the president or the chancellor and the athletic director. And as a matter of fact, uh, Herb, you're done. Goodbye. Crazy. That's, that's a program that's obviously been in turmoil the last 18 months because of the NCAA investigation. Uh, and I think the big question is, will the AD get to hire Herm Edwards' replacement? Um, Ray Anderson has made some questionable hires in other sports as well. Um, he was Herm Edwards' agent when Edwards was uh, an NFL coach. So there was a lot of thought of why, you know, you're hiring your buddy. And Edwards did some good things at, at Arizona State. He hired a good staff, frankly, but those staff, uh, those staffers did not necessarily follow NCAA rules. So that, that's a program that has a ton of potential. Uh, I think there's going to be a relatively long line of guys who want that job, even though they are facing NCAA sanctions. Again, the, the biggest question I have is who's going to be able to make the hire uh, and you presume that the new guy will hire a younger coach and not a retread, because I think part of the problem in Arizona State, they've hired some retreads who haven't exactly been cutting edge with a lot of things. So um, you look at what Arizona did with Jet Fish in his second year. Um, they beat North Dakota State last week, which is an extremely impressive win. Um, so Arizona's on the rise, and so that puts even more pressure on Arizona State to make the right hire. Wow. Mike Hugan on 3.com. Um, what did you think of LSU and their performance against Mississippi State? Yeah, they were they scuffled for a while, and you're yeah. wondering, can they get this going? But they the defense played really well. Matt House deserved a ton of credit. They didn't give yeah. up any big plays in the passing game. And even though Mississippi State's offense is predicated on quick reads and getting the ball out, they were both in the receiver's face, and they got a phenomenal pass rush. So Madhouse deserves a ton of credit, uh, and it took the LSU offense a while to get going. But the fourth quarter, Jalen Daniels made some plays. The receivers helped him out, uh, and, and that's a big win. I think, you know, had you, had you said five years ago, oh, LSU gets a huge win over Mississippi State at home, people are probably thinking huge win means 40 points. But this was right. a big win. Because yes. Mississippi State was favored, and again LSU, um, you know, beating Southern's one thing. They did not look good in a lot of facets of the game, losing to LSU, but an FSU rather. But the one thing about the FSU game, LSU fought till the end, and then they did it again this past weekend. Again, fourth quarter rally, um, three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Jalen Daniels keeps making plays, got some help. The offensive line did just enough, but again, I think that game was all about Madhouse's defense because they did a phenomenal job keeping Will Rogers under wraps.
Yeah, held them uh, 200 yards or so below their season average of uh, total offense. So uh, we shall see. Mike Huguenin on 3.com. Everybody's talking, and rightly so, about um, Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State. If you had to pick a fourth team right now that deserved to be talked about uh, as, a, as a mention in the college football playoff, who would you put? Michigan. Yeah, I think a lot of folks thought Michigan was going to fall way off uh, defensively, you know, losing Aiden Hutchinson, who had three sacks on Sunday for the Lions. But the defense, they changed coordinators because Mike McDonald went back to the NFL. So they bring in Jesse Minter, um, and they haven't missed a beat. And that offense, um, it's like Georgia's offense. Um, they look more explosive this year. And I think the, the quarterback, change the McCarthy has helped Blake Corum is a really good running back um, but I think also they are looking to make more explosive plays in the passing attack now that Josh Gaddis is gone and there's some irony there because if you watched Miami play this past weekend you saw an offense that was void mm-hmm. of big passing plays and it's coordinated by Josh Gaddis yeah. Um, so I think Michigan, um, they're playing, you know, last year, I think they played with a chip on their shoulder, the proverbial chip on their, I think, you know, I think college kids, it, it does matter. And they had something to prove this year. I think they're playing a lot looser on both sides of the ball. And that, that looks like a pretty darn good Michigan team. I believe yeah. far more in Michigan's offense than I do in Clemson's. So that's why yeah. I would have Michigan as number four right now. I'm with you, and we'll talk about Clemson heading into Wake Forest this weekend coming up shortly. Uh, Maybe the demise of the Oregon Ducks was a little bit premature. Yeah, they got beat by Georgia 49-3 in the opener, but they bounced back. They won two in a row, including, I thought, an impressive double-digit win over BYU, and Bo Nix is is turning it up a little bit. Yeah, well, that was Bo Nix. You know, that was good Bo Nix. And yes. the opener was bad, Bo Nix. And all yes. the fans know all about that. And SEC fans know all about good and bad, Bo. But um, the BYU game, I-, I thought it was going to be extremely close because the week before, BYU beat Baylor in overtime. And Baylor prides itself on being physical. But Oregon prides itself on being physical as well. But, you know, Georgia just batted them aside like a high school kid against a six-year-old in a Pop Warner game. So, so. Oregon's win was impressive. They dominated the first half, and it was an extremely nice win for Oregon. They they bowed up defensively, uh, and Bo, again, Bo Nix, when he is sort of, in some respects, kept under wraps. Bo, don't do anything dumb. Be a game manager. I think that's frankly when he's better because I think when he's more of a game manager type, he does occasionally make plays off schedule. He made a few of those against BYU, but that mostly, to me, was the, the Oregon offensive line kicking some butt and the Oregon defensive line mm-hmm. it basically saying we're not as bad as we showed against Georgia and we're going to prove it, and they did. Because that was – they physically whipped BYU. That, that was in a very impressive win. Mike Hugan at On3.com. His numbers, um, he's led his club to a 3-0 and start. He's completed – 72% of his passes uh, for just under 1,000 yards, five touchdowns. Uh, he's added three running touchdowns, passer rating of 183.48. 
Is it time to ramp up Stetson Bennett's Heisman campaign? Yeah, I think that I think last year it was a case of every t- the last thing coaches said to him when he went on the field, Stetson, don't screw things up. This year, it's like, hey, go make a play, have some fun. And if you watch Georgia's offense this year, that's a fun offense to watch. Munkin's getting a ton of dudes involved in a variety of ways. Heck, Brock mm-hmm. Bowers had a rushing score last weekend. Yes. Um, Stetson Bennett, it's obvious they trust him more now. They're letting him sort of wing it down the field. And he has gone from, oh, you know, what, what a great story. He's a, you know, he died, he grew up a die hard Georgia fan and he walked on and he bided his time and he leads them to a national title thanks to a great defense. This year, it's like, I agree. I think that right now he is a legit Heisman candidate. Now, if the Heisman goes to the best player on a team, Stetson Bennett has no chance because he ain't the best player on his own offense, much right. less his best team, best player on his whole team. But he is playing at a high level. And, if you again, if you look at Georgia on both sides of the ball right now, that's the best team in the country. Yeah. And part of it is because Stetson Bennett is sort of going out there, playing with some swag, and sort of letting it fly. And you got to give Todd Monken a ton of credit. You know, they got two star quarterbacks on the bench yeah. who aren't going to sniff the field this year unless That's he right. gets hurt. So, That's right. um, yeah, they don't, I don't think they have a truly elite wide receiver. Um, it, it hasn't mattered. Um, Bennett's done a nice job of spreading the ball around. And again, the Todd Monken's play calls have been that's a fun offense to watch. That tight end. Bowers he's gonna, awesome. he gonna make a lot of money. The guy Mike. who he's from Napa, California. Wow. Did not play his senior year of high school because COVID canceled it. Um, and he comes in last year without playing a senior year of high school and was the best tight end in college football. He's the best tight end in college football again. He is a really good athlete. He has legit tight end size, but he is like a big wide receiver. And, you know, he's a, sort of like Kyle Pitts was at, at the 2020 of Florida where you could yeah. send him deep and you knew not only was he going to run by somebody, he could out-physical the DBs and he could out-jump the DBs. And I'm not you know, I'm not saying Brock Bowers is Kyle Pitch, but, I mean, he is sort of a new-age tight end, though he does have sort of a lot of traits of the old-style in-line tight end. He's a classic example of me. He should be given a pass by the NFL. You can leave after two years and go yeah. start in the NFL right away. I mean, he really can. I don't think there's any doubt, but I mean, yeah. he is the the kind of receiver that NFL teams covet at tight yes. end. Plus, I think you could put uh, the dude at H back and make yes. him an even bigger weapon. You know, flare him out of the backfield, let him get a yeah. running start, and just run over people because the, the kid is not only fast, he's extremely physical, and he'll run you over as as well as he can run right by you. All right, Mike, let's take a quick break. We're going to get into the big matchups, including one in the SEC. Well, there's two in the SEC, but. But the one that really intrigues me, Arkansas at Texas A&M. We'll take this time out. But first, tune in tonight for the McNeese Coaches Show presented by Maplewood Burgers. Line A bed out of Westlake in the Southwest Louisiana Law Center. Hosted by my buddy Jim Gazzolo, the McNeese Coaches Show will be broadcasting from the Maplewood Burgers at 4453 Nelson Road. Didn't that sound good? Maplewood Burgers. Uh, it's 6 to 7 right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. More Hump Day with Huguenin after this timeout. 
He's been a star on the hardwood and in the broadcast chair. So what's the secret to the Blonde Bomber's success? Easy. Taking time to work on his tan. You look marvelous. Back to more of the tanned and talented Jordy Holtberg on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We continue with the best in the business when it comes to college athletics, and no one's better than On3.com's Mike Hugan and been a friend of this show forever and a day. Let's get right into it, Mike. Week four, some of the biggest uh, games out there. Number five, Clemson. At number 21, Wake Forest, that's the early game on ABC. Wake Forest is a different cat now that their quarterback's back. Yeah, Clemson's favored by seven. What do you think? Yeah, I think this is before the season. I thought that Wake had a legit chance to, to win the league. They, they played for the title last year and lost to Pitt. Um, they lost to Clemson last year but beat NC State. Uh, and then Hartman has a blood clot issue, and you're like, man, he could miss the whole first month. They got no chance to beat Clemson without him. He comes back week two, looks really good. Last week they scuffled and beat Liberty by one because Liberty missed a two point conversion. Yeah. Uh, and Liberty ran all over Wake Forest. And that is bothersome if you're a Wake fan because Clemson's running game's a little bit better than Liberty. But the game is at Wake. Um, it's probably, it's, unquestionably the biggest home game in at least 16 years since 2006 when they went to the Orange Bowl as ACC champs, one of the biggest home games in school history. I think Hartman is going to have a really good game, and I think A.T. Perry, their wide receiver who can play for anybody, is going to have a big game. Uh, My concern if I'm a Wake fan is can we stop the Clemson run game? Um, If you do, you can beat Clemson because their passing game is not good. Louis Angolale is still a work in progress, and you wonder mm-hmm. if that work is ever going to be completed. Um, I would take the seven points because I think Wake Forest has a legit chance to pull the upset, the enthusiasm, the fervor, the fan passion. Yep. This is going to be a basketball crowd at a Wake football game, and Wake basketball fans can get rowdy. Yep. I think this one, if, if you know, it's quarterbacks, Hartman over Uyunglele all day. Yeah. Um, so it's up to the Wake defense to, to bow up uh, just enough. But I think I think Clemson's going to win, but I would take the points, and I would not be shocked if Wake Forest pulls the upset. Mike, why is number 17 Baylor a three-point underdog on the road at Iowa State? That's a good question. I think part of it might be that, you know, uh, two weeks ago Baylor lost to BYU, and then BYU turns around and gets spanked by Oregon. Um, Iowa State, um, they, they really, that, that's, they're a well-coached team. Um, mm-hmm. the, the quarterbacks, both teams have new quarterbacks. Um, the Hunter Deckers kid at Iowa State and Blake Shapin at Baylor, I don't think Blake Shapin is as good as Deckers. Um, th- this one to me is coming down to the, which defense plays better. Um, I think Baylor is better than Iowa State, but the Ames is a tough place to get to and a tough place to play. The Jarrell Brock kid at running back for Iowa State is better than his Baylor counterparts because Baylor's a committee approach at running back. But to me, this one comes down to the defense, and I think the Baylor defensive line is going to do the job. All right. Um, I don't know how you feel. You talked about a basketball crowd at a football stadium. I played against Ernie and Bernie back at Tennessee when old Stokely was rocking. 
Um, I, I just smell a blowout when Florida travels to Tennessee. I think Tennessee just takes out whatever they want to take out and, and just beats the heck out of Florida. Am I crazy? Yeah, there's blood in the water here because um, yeah. Florida last week was lucky to beat USF. Um, Tennessee is Florida has won 16 of the past 17. They own the Vols. And of those 16 wins, just four were by one score. So these have been blowout wins for Florida. But this Florida team, um, you know, that Florida says Anthony Richardson is healthy. I don't buy that. Florida likely going to be missing Ben Trail Miller, their linebacker. And if you watched Florida play last week, um, you saw the linebackers take bad angles. You saw the defensive linemen line up wrong. You saw everybody taking bad, you know, filling the gaps. They didn't do it. That's mm-hmm. what they miss with, with Miller gone because he is a six-year senior, uh, sort of an emotional leader as well as a physical leader. So um, the Florida secondary, I think, is solid enough to get the job done, especially if Cedric Tillman doesn't play. But the Florida defensive line, we talked before the season, they have one proven defensive lineman, um, and, and that has showed the past, frankly, 10 quarters. Second half against Utah, the whole game against Kentucky, and then last week against USF. So, um, yeah, I think Tennessee, again, there's a lot of frustration on Rocky Top. They've lost 16 of 17, and I think you'd ask Florida fans, this isn't even a rivalry game. So I think mm. there's a lot more on the line for the Vols and for the Gators. So, and if Tennessee loses this one, I would not want to be Josh Heupel. Who? Who? I don't who think just he got does. The, who just got the raise and contract extension two games into his second season. Wow. And, you know, I think he's a good coach. But, you know, you talk about AD doing stupid things. I think that's a stupid thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, Mike Hugan and on3.com. The game to me is number 10 Arkansas at number 23 Texas A&M. The Aggies bounce back after their uh, you know their win uh, over Miami. Arkansas keeps plodding away. The Aggies uh, favored by two. I thought the home team got three points in this. So this tells me it's a it's a pick'em game here. Yeah, it's actually neutral site. It's in Arlington. At, yeah, that's right. At, that's right. At AT&T Stadium. So I don't know why the love for A&M. Miami's defense limited them to 260 yards last week. Um, If Miami had an offensive play caller who went for the jugular, who knows what would happen. Now, part of that, not all on Gaddis, Miami was missing its best receiver. Um, But you also have had the best quarterback in the game. Um, I thought Miami was way too conservative. I don't think that will be Kendall Browse's problem on Saturday. I think Kendall Browse's problem will be he wants to go for explosive plays i just don't know if he has the receivers to do so but you look at a&m's offense goodness gracious that is a mm. bad unit right now um you know the, the thought was that going to max johnson would help them with in the passing game it didn't um their defense won them that game last week even though they were on the field the whole time i'll be i'll be honest you're on the field 35 minutes with arkansas arkansas is going to beat you so, yeah. because KJ Jefferson's a running threat, Raheem Sanders, a kid from Orlando area, that kid is a really good running back. I think he's severely underrated nationally. The receiving core at Arkansas is not that good, but Drew Sanders is making plays at linebacker. Um, um, Dwight McLaughlin, the LSU transfer, is playing extremely well at corner for mm-hmm. Arkansas. Uh, I think Arkansas wins, 
Me too. Um, and I think if you watch A&M play last week, yes, I know they won, but I'm watching them play going, man, this team could go 8-4 and four again. Yes. And that's not good for Jimbo Fisher. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, we talked about Herm Edwards getting fired at the end of the game. If Auburn's trailing Missouri at halftime, they may fire Brian Harson as he's coming off the field before he goes in the locker room. Your thoughts on Missouri at Auburn? That's an 11 o'clock matchup in Auburn. I don't think Missouri is very good, but <laughs> Auburn's not very good on offense either. Um, the Auburn defense gave up 41 points last week, but if you watched, I mean, they were dead on the field in the fourth quarter. They had because yeah. Auburn offense gave them zero help, and Penn State. Right. The Singleton kid at Penn State, there's a reason he was a five-star recruit, and you saw that. They got good running backs. They got good receivers. They got a good quarterback um, and a, an okay offensive line. Well, Auburn's got good running backs, bad quarterbacks, mediocre receivers, and an okay line. So um, their defense gets worn down. I'm not sure, though, that Missouri can put that kind of pressure on you. So I, I think Auburn wins this game, but – it would not yeah it's if i'm brian harson and i lose to missouri a team mm. that lost by four touchdowns to kansas state mm. that is not a good look so um i think harson and jeff collins and carl Durrell are all sort of like i don't want to over you know dead man walking kind of thing right. i don't think any of those three guys is back next year um and you know let's get serious here harson I think going into the season, the idea that he would return next year was, yeah, now let's say go 10-2. and two. And you look at Auburn's offense, and like, they ain't going 10-2. and two, no And way. they're not going 10-2. and two. So, yeah, um, we, yeah you, you feel bad for Harson in a lot of respects. But this is sort of a – this is the kind of game you tune in to see which team plays worse because I don't think much of Missouri at all. Would Auburn um, – would, would they contemplate uh, Deion Sanders as a possible – coach for them you think I, I don't think so I think more likely you maybe Hugh Freeze yeah um, okay. I think there's very few schools that would hire Hugh Freeze but as I was talking with a friend the other day and he's like hey we're talking about Auburn here and yes yeah. we are talking about Auburn so um they don't have an AD now which sort of muddies the water but you know the old AD was not a was not liked by certain boosters, and, and that OAD is gone now. So the boosters have a ton of sway at Auburn. Um, wow. It's a good job, unquestionably, but yeah. is, uh, is the booster involvement, I think, again, muddies the water. And you also wonder, um, I've actually heard Lane Kiffin brought up, but if Lane Kiffin chased it living in Oxford, Mississippi, I don't think he would think of Auburn no. as the place to go, even though you could live in Phoenix City. Um, yeah, being facetious there because I've been to Phoenix. Live, live next to Charles uh, Barkley's old I'd house. Live in Oxford. Um, yes, but yeah, that's Harson's gone. I think the question is, when do they get an AD? Who makes the hire, and who's it going to be? Give me another game out there that intrigues you that you think um, you know we should watch because you study all of them. Oh, I think Mich- uh, Minnesota Michigan State is very interesting. Uh, okay. Maryland Michigan. Um, okay. Wisconsin, Ohio State, um, I think Ohio State's going to blow the doors in, even though I think the Wisconsin defense is really good. Um, okay. But I'm trying to think of another one that's – you know something? TCU-SMU, because that's Sonny Dykes going against SMU for the first time since he left. 
Okay. Texas at Texas Tech, because Texas quarterback situation is still sort of up in the air. Uh, right. And USC, Oregon State. Um, huh. USC already won a conference road game and went to Stanford. Oregon State's better than Stanford. Oregon State is extremely well coached by Jonathan Smith. Um, they play good defense. Um, and it's a different kind of atmosphere at in Corvallis than it is in Palo Alto. In Palo Alto, no one cares. Uh, in right. Corvallis, the stadium's going to be loud. And Kayla Williams is going to be thinking, this is like a Big 12 game in terms of the fan frenzy. So I think USC wins, but I think Oregon State's going to make them sweat. And I think Oregon State can do some things against USC's defense. Uh, tip of the cap to the schedule makers at Vanderbilt. I know they hadn't played anybody, but heck, they're 3-1. Three and one. Three now, and oh. By this time of the year, they're 0-4, and everybody's like, God, get this thing over with. Look, they got to play against Alabama. I understand. Uh, but 3-1, and one, uh, tip of the cap, and clap your hands for the Commodores. Yeah, and this, there'll be more Alabama fans in the stands than there will be Commodores fans. But um, I, I think, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to sell – recruits on the idea that, you know, we can get to a bowl game, and they can by starting 3-0. and um, They right. get a lot of things to break their way, but they're not nearly as bad as they were last year. Uh, and that's, that's a positive thing in Clark Lee's second season. He is Mike Hugan, and on 3.com, there's a whole bunch of other games that we can't even, you know, just it's we're almost to the end of these cupcakes, and we're almost to – the really good meat of the schedule. I can't wait to talk about that. So, Mike, thank you as always, buddy. Appreciate the time okay, and uh, enjoy week four of the college football season. Yep, it'll be the season will be a third over after this weekend, yeah. which is a sobering thought. It is a sobering thought. Thank you, my friend. All right, man. Talk to you next week. All right. Blue Raider! Tune in next week to the Jordy Holberg Show for Hump Day with Huguenin. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Time is running out for you to score tickets to see the Houston Astros live in person. Go register in the Game Rewards Club to win four tickets to see Houston take on Tampa Bay Saturday, October 1st. We'll even throw in a tour of the ballpark and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. This is the last Astros weekend giveaway of the regular season. Astros weekend getaways are powered by Butcher AC, Lay Meridian, Houston, downtown, and the game Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. And don't forget about the world-famous Angola Prison Rodeo. It's back. And the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, wants to hook you up with tickets. You can lasso a family four-pack of tickets to the Sunday, October 2nd show by simply texting the word RODEO, R-O-D-E-O, to 337-283-8100. That's RODEO to 337-283-8100. That's a family four-pack of tickets to the Angola Prison Rodeo, courtesy of the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. I've been to that thing. It is, um, it's really fun. It's really fun. Uh, Now, you don't want to go there except for the rodeo, right? But 
Uh, it's really, really fun. They do a great job, and it's a great uh, outlet. So be sure you text Rodeo to 337-283-8100. Hour number two, we're going to talk uh, across the board. We're going to talk Major League Baseball. Aaron Judge, Albert Pujols, playoff races with former big leaguer Ben McDonald. We're going to talk NBA hoops. Believe it or not, training camp is this week. Ali Cassell will give us the latest on the Pelicans and their push. Everybody's going to pick them to make the playoffs, and not just as a play-in team, but that West Conference is loaded. And then we'll talk LSU Tigers with uh, Blake Rafino from the RU Serious Podcast. We are brought to you in part by the great folks at Cajun Chef, um, the Art family, for many, many, many decades. Uh, tradition handed down from generation to generation, putting together the best hot sauce and the best uh, peppers you could ever, ever imagine. Great things for your salads, for your pizzas, and that hot sauce. Ooh-wee! Everything tastes better with Cajun Chef hot sauce on it. It just does. So bring a little small bottle with you wherever you go. All right, hour number one's in the books. Hour number two straight ahead. The Jordy Helper Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros because we're Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Hour number two of two, and away we go on this Wednesday, September 21st, the year 2022. So much focus, and rightly so, on college football and the NFL, but... The 2022 Major League Baseball season is winding down, and the focus now is on the race for playoff spots and a couple of players who hit the ball out the yard as good as anybody. Um, Three teams, the Dodgers, the Astros, and the Mets have clinched playoffs berth. There's quite a lot hanging in the balance with two weeks left in the regular season. Um, Our good friend is in Baltimore, the former Tiger, former Baltimore Oriole, first-round pick, Ben McDonald, kind enough to join us for about 10 minutes to talk some baseball. Ben, thank you for the time, man. How's how's everything going? Everything's good, Jordy. Got to visit with Alex Lang, former LSU pitcher last night. He's in the bullpen, of course, for the Detroit Tigers. That's who the Orioles okay. are wrapping up a three-game series against tonight. So good to catch up with uh, a former Tiger, Alex Lang, having a wonderful year out of the bullpen for the Tigers. And, uh yeah, man, we're winding it down. we got 15 games left, counting the night. The Orioles are, have been the surprise team in baseball, fading a little bit here down the stretch, yeah. but five games out of a wild card with 15 to go. So it's been a phenomenal year, but they got to get hot in a hurry, Jordy, to try to make a run at this thing. Do you like, do you like the new um, 12-team playoff fa- uh, format with the, the new collective bargaining agreement? That, that one-game wild card thing is over. Now we've got the best of three wild card series. Do you like that? Yeah, I think so. You know, I mean, we saw Toronto Blue Jays last year, you know, 92 and 72 and didn't get into postseason play. You know, 20 games over 500 they were last year. So they'll get in this year with that kind of record. You know, so I think if you're that good, 
you deserve yeah. to be in. And, and I think an extra wild card is going to make more meaningful games here in the month of September because there's a lot of plate for for a lot of these clubs, you know. And so I think it's good for baseball. It's going to be great. I didn't really like the one-game play-in deal, as you mentioned. Now you got a real series, and so I think that's going to be great for the fans. It'll be great for TV. So it's going to be good. So it's a little bit more excitement this year, a lot more to play for down the stretch for sure. When you mention uh, move aside, you've got company, uh, Babe Ruth. That says an awful lot. And Aaron Judge hit his 60th home run of the night, and it was only capped by Giancarlo Stanton's grand slam to get the Yankees a win. But Aaron Judge, 60. Of course, Roger Maris has 61. The Yankees have 15 games remaining. Um, I I don't know why. Um, I remember the McGuire-Sosa 1998 year. It seemed like every time they came up to bat, TVs would switch over to that. I think we're at that point now with Aaron Judge, right? What is this? What does this mean for Major League Baseball this year? Well, it's a it's a historic season for Aaron Judge in a year where home runs have gone down across Major League Baseball. Uh, you know, because of the humidifier, the different baseballs are in the game now. They're not flying quite as far as they have in years past. For him to be having the kind of year that he is having, and don't forget that, Jordy. He turned down over $200 million before the season began. He bet on himself to say, you know what, I'm ready to have an outstanding year. And, boy, has he answered that bell. He's made himself a lot of money. It's hard to believe that you gamble on yourself, you turn down $220 million, and now he'll probably make $300 million, you know. And so it was a good time to gamble on himself and, and have the season that he's having. But it's a historic season. You know, I saw him a lot this year, and it's just one of those seasons where he's just not missing stuff. And if you leave it up out over the plate, it goes a long way. And – 60 home runs in a year where not many home runs are being hit across Major League Baseball is a phenomenal feat. And, look, don't forget this about him, Jordy. He will go into play tonight as number one in the American League in batting average, number one in home runs, and number one in RBIs. He has a chance to win the Triple Crown, and that's where he begins play tonight. So it's a phenomenal year for him. Of course, he's number one in baseball and on-base percentage slugging, OPS. And, you know, to think about it, you know, I think Bonds, McGuire – we did it twice. Sosa all went over, you know, three times. They went over 61 home runs. But for me, Aaron Judge, if he gets to 62 home runs, for me, and this is just my opinion, I yeah. will consider him the home single-season home run champion. I just think in the era that we're in right now where pitchers have dominated, we got less runs being scored across the scoreboard, batting averages are down, home runs are down a little bit. He's putting up this kind of year. It's an MVP-type season. And he, if he gets to 62 for me, will be the single-season home run champion. That was my next question, and uh, look, I'm in agreement. Uh, Bonds hit 73 in 2001. McGuire hit 70 in 98. Sosa hit 66. Neither, none of those are in the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. So, to me, there's a a reason why they're not in the Hall of Fame. So, I'm with you. If Judge can get it to 62, that's the that that's the the dude without the asterisk next to it, uh, and I I hope he gets it. I also hope, boy, I hope Albert Pujols, with 13 games remaining, can hit two more home runs to get to 700. That is mind-boggling. Yeah, that that's a crazy number, Jordy. And I saw Albert back in. I guess it was May when the Orioles went into St. Louis, and he did not look like the guy then that we've seen the last six weeks of the season. I, I don't know what he's done over there, but <laughs> it, it almost looks like Albert Pujols from 15 years ago, you know. And, gosh, and he's doing it for a playoff team, a first-place team. And, 
to even hear, you know, it, it, that, that doesn't even roll off the tongue right. He's approaching 700 home runs. When you think about the company that that puts him Ooh. in and where he's going in his career, it, it's just a phenomenal accomplishment, you know. And you look across, we got Miguel Cabrera here, you know, one of the best right-handed hitters of all time, of course, playing for the Tigers. And he'll play one more year. Pujols says he's done after this year. So we're getting to see some historic guys, you know, arguably two of the best right-handed hitters in the history of Major League Baseball. We talk about Cabrera and, of course, Pujols. But good to see him finishing his career strong. I hope like heck he gets to 700 home runs. I hope like heck Aaron Judge gets to at least 62. He's on pace for 66. And so I think he probably gets there. Uh, but But – I, I hate it for Judge in some ways because I feel like, you know, like you said, it felt like years ago we were turning the channel. Like they were, everybody in baseball was following the home run races. And I feel yep. like a lot of that's gotten stolen from Aaron Judge because he's not the first one to do it to go over 62 potentially. You know, other guys have done it. It's been done six times. Sosa did it three times, you know. But for me, he's the first clean one to do it, the first guy that did it the right way. And to be six foot eight or six foot seven and weigh two hundred eighty-two pounds to be doing and playing center field, playing center field in Major League Baseball, phenomenal athlete, Jordy. Ben McDonald with us. Uh, just a few more minutes. All right, let's be honest. Come on, let's say some team is a cellar dweller, and the Cardinals got two or three games left in the regular season. Don't you groove one? Doesn't the manager tell you just throw one over the plate? Let Pujols get seven hundred. Come on, he got to do that. <laughs> You know, Jordy, I don't, you know, as a competitor, and you were a competitor in in your basketball, and the competitor in me, if I'm on the mound and says, hell no, I'm (laughs) I'm not going down in the record books as giving up number 700. So, Albert, you've earned 698 of them throughout your career, whatever it is. You're going to earn two more of them. Like nobody's going to throw you a cookie. Now, in a certain situation in the ball game, I'm not saying I walk him. I would never walk him, but I'm going to make him earn his way. So I'm going to go go compete against him. The situation dictates the game always. Just like Aaron Judge, we had this conversation with judges. Do you not pitch to him? And I say, well, here's the deal. He's the best player on the other team. So if you're trying to win a ball game, you never let the other player's best player, other team's best player, beat you. So maybe you pitch around him if you got a base open. That's just the game of baseball, you know. Okay. And the Yankees have a lot of high leverage games left. And so I don't know how much Judge is going to get pitched to, but the Stanton's back now, as you mentioned, in the Grand Slam, he hit behind Judge, others are so. I think they're going to get to pitch to Judge a little bit more. Yeah, but Ben McDonald at 6'7 would throw that fire, that, that fastball 99 to 100 and, and challenge Pujols. That's what you would do. Oh, no doubt. I would definitely challenge him with my best stuff. But, you know, I wouldn't think about giving him a cookie. I'm still trying to pitch. I'm still trying to get him out. You know, I'm going to make him earn everything okay. he gets. If he gets 700 off of me, he gets it. I'll just tip my hat when he runs around third base, you know. We are the we are the home for the Houston Astros on uh, our radio stations, our radio empire here. Are they the best team in the American League? I think so. I mean, when you look at top to bottom, up and down, I mean, it, it's the best it's the best ERA in the American League team-wise. It's the best starting staff in baseball, American League-wise. We talk about offense. It's top five offense in the American League. Uh, they play defense with anybody. The bullpen's solid. They don't have many weeks. And, and what I like about the Astros is they do have one of the teams, when I watch them play, and they come in here next, is they have a two-strike approach. Like, it's, it's some big swings, but they will shorten up, Jordy, kind of old school on you and put the ball in play. Their situational okay. hitting is really good. Obviously, they got a lot of experience, a lot of talent. They've been there before. They've done that before. And so I think they are. If you look at consistency across them, of course, the Yankees got off to a historical start and then right. really faltered a little bit, and it was kind of ugly for them for a while. They're kind of getting their footing a little bit now. But 
Houston's been solid all year long. And so I would definitely put them up as the best team in the American League right now. I think the Dodgers obviously are the best team in the National League right now. But Atlanta is a, is going to be a force. Others are going to be a force. And you know how, you know how the playoffs are. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. can you get there? And once you get there, it's who gets hot. You know, and That's Ole Miss right. in baseball, in our world of college baseball, did they ever prove that this year, right? They were kind yes, of struggling indeed. throughout the year, yeah. got hot at the right time, and they won a national title. So that's kind of what it is in Major League Baseball, too, is who's playing well at the end of the year? Who's, who can be the best team in playoff start? Ben McDonald, he'll be on the call of the uh, the Orioles um, tonight and against the Detroit Tigers, and then the Astros are coming into town. Um, who gets their, Who gets two home runs first, Judge or Pujols? Mm, I, you know, as hot as Judge is right now, I'm going to say Judge. I, I just think right. he's locked in. I just feel like it's been his year. It's a career year like we talked about. And, you know, the last Triple Crown winner, Jordy, I went and looked this up, the last Triple Crown winner to have that many home runs was uh, was Mantle. Mickey Mantle hit uh, wow. hit 52 homers back in 58, I think wow. it was. Judge, if he gets the triple crown, will be the, the most home runs ever for a triple crown performer, you know. And so, wow. pretty cool. But I think the way Judge is swinging it, look, he's been he's been locked in all year long, you know. And it, it's yeah. been fun. It's not been fun for pitchers to face, but it's been fun to watch <laughs> a guy at the top of his game performing on an elite level in a contract kind of year. And Ooh. to me, that's just that's just wow, 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 all the way around, you know. And so yeah. somebody's going to pay him. I don't know who it's going to be. I can't. I, there's no way the Yankees let him get away. He's always been a Yankee, no. but they're going to have to get that old pocketbook out a little bit more than what they were back in February. And well, they should. I, I hope someone's not a Ben McDonald, and I hope someone throws a cookie to my boy Albert Pujols of the St. Louis Cardinals. Ben, thank you, buddy. Always great catching Anytime, up with you, man. Have a great day. Uh, have fun in uh, Crab Cake Land. That's right. I sure will. Thank you. All right, buddy. You take care. Um, Ben McDonald. um, Boy, I hope they both. I hope they both get it. I think Judge certainly will get it. Um, Man, I hope I hope Pujols gets it. Goodness gracious. That would be that would be some kind of deal, man. Some kind of deal. Um, Let's see the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. That's because once you become a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to win excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou or a $50 gift certificate to the Half Shell Oyster House or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. But you can only score these great prizes by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. So go sign up today. Yeah, we're going to talk about the NBA Training camp this weekend, the Pels, we're talking playoffs. That's right, playoffs. How good Zion looking? Ali Cassell at the Bird Rights joins us next here on the Jordy Helper Show. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros in southwest Louisiana. A recent survey discovered that game listeners prefer our station than going to the dentist. Take that, dental hygiene. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Oh, that's uh that that's the NBA theme song, right? Well, guess what, folks? NBA's getting ready to tip it off. Training camp teams are reporting this week. 
Uh, training camp begins this weekend, and then the 82-game grind with the Pelicans surging into the playoffs and beyond. Boy, we can only hope. Ali Cassell at the Bird Rights. It's been too long, but with training camp on its precipice, I had to get him and talk to him. Are you fired up? Are you ready to go, Ali? It's a long year. Oh, absolutely. Got a chance to recharge our batteries, but in a good way, right? Coming off a high, you knew that this Pelicans team would be returning, so there's no mysteries, right, with free agency or anything like that. And the news has just been positive during the offseason, so yeah. Actually, now we're ready for some real basketball and see what this team can do, right, as a springboard off last year. A little birdie whispered in my ear that Zion has been working frantically and he's in the best shape of his basketball career, even going back to the Duke days. He's he's got a nutritionist, he's got um, uh, an exercise coach, and he's working hard. Man, can you imagine? Jordy, I heard the same thing, and uh, I I was – Kind of floored, but also, you know, you've got to be surprised, too, at the same time, right? Yeah. We saw Duke Zion be able to do anything on the court, right, offensively, defensively. He just looked like a machine that was unstoppable. When he got to the Pelicans, you know, it took him some time to get on the court in his rookie season. And when he was on the court, right, his first couple of years, it was just basically offense, right? We didn't see that well-rounded game, nor the guy that was physically in shape like he was in Duke. So, yeah, I started hearing about him, honestly, going all the way back to when he first went to Portland. He rededicated himself. That I think when J.J. Redick uh, called him out and, you know, his whole not welcoming C.J. McCollum and kind of being astray from the team, I think that woke him up. I think that woke up both he and his family. And ever since then, he just put, you know, his nose to the grindstone really has been doing everything he can to make this the best season, right? A big coming out party I feel like yeah. we're in store for. Uh, Jasper Bibbs is his trainer, and according to Bibbs, he's been waking up every day at Mm -hmm. 5 a.m. for workouts, coming back at 7 p.m., and he's done it like clockwork. So apparently he has bought in and uh, realizing the plan was working and and seeing the results, and his trainer thinks he's a better athlete now than he ever was before. Yeah, that, that's amazing to hear. But I'll tell you what, that, that's great to hear because that seems like at least from everything I've been hearing that you've been hearing that I think a lot of people have is that, honestly, he's just been working his tail off. I think the better thing for me um, in reading and, and talking to people is the fact that he's understood how much nutrition now plays a part. Right When he first hit the NBA, I heard his eating was still, you know, basically like a high school kid, right? Yes, you eat anything and exactly. everything, you don't have to worry about getting weight, anything like uh-huh. that. I think he lived that life up until last year when he made that change. And I've heard Chef Christian Green, he doesn't cheat. He doesn't allow him to have any kind of sugars or anything like that. So I think that's going to be the biggest contributing factor in him looking slimmer when we do see him is because he's finally take, being mindful. Let's, let's call it that, being mindful of what he puts inside his body. I think he's finally realized this is a business, and the people that are playing Uh in that league treat it as a business, and they take care of themselves. So just because you're young and you're tremendous, that doesn't mean you you can't stay in shape, man. you got to be in shape to be able to run up and down the court, and with the weight that he was carrying, that was was not an elongated career. That was a truncated career, and I think the light bulb has finally come on, and I I just can't wait to see the product. Yeah, I can't either, and look, I mean, he, he just turned 22 years old. Who, Which of us when we were growing up when we just hit, you know, 20, 21, 22, oh, had everything yeah. in order, especially, right? Yeah, especially right. in terms of physical health and nutrition and such. I mean, look at Luka Doncic. He's entered every uh, training camp that I know of 
overweight. Finally, this yep. summer, it seems like he's he's actually taken his you know nutrition really um, being very mindful, of doing the right thing. So, and he's he's a year older than Zion, so it takes a while, right? When you're such a young kid and entering a professional sport at the age that these kids do nowadays, you've got to give them some slack because it does take a while for that maturity to catch up with where you are uh, playing and earning those big paychecks. Yeah. Um, are you surprised at all over the news of uh, Robert Sarver beginning the process of seeking buyers for the Suns and the Mercury? No. I had yeah. said a month uh, when the news first broke that he would probably never sit on the sidelines again. Right. And right. even even if he went through this entire year of the suspension, there's no way he would return probably as an owner, an active one, collecting profits. Cancel culture is strong. On top of that, you know, I feel like there was pressure uh, more behind the scenes that we probably are aware of uh, to push him out. Right. So I think this might be a reason why Adam Silver honestly didn't try and ban him from the league. I think he had an idea or an inclination that maybe this was coming, or maybe he helped push this happen. But either way, yeah, there's no place for a forward-thinking league like the NBA to have an owner like this continue on, especially after they made an example, right, of Donald Sterling. So you just knew that Sarver's time was limited. But this is admittedly Jordy quicker than I expected. I mean, it's yes. amazing. He gets suspended, now he's turning around selling both of his franchises, right? The Phoenix yeah. Mercury, too. I don't feel sorry for him. He's going to make a ton of money. He can go off and yeah. <laughs> sail on his yacht, do whatever he wants. It's just a, it's just the right thing uh, to do. Ali Cassell at the Bird Rights. Um, you never know with teams. Um, do you think there's some t- discussion in the the back hallways with upper management? Do, th- is this roster intact, or do you think the Pels are still looking to maybe wheel and deal and make a pick before, make a trade before this is all gets underway? I think this roster is intact, and I have been hearing all the way back to Summer League Las Vegas that this was likely going to be the group. So even though we had talked about, you know, and Hosium about Jackson Hayes not being a long-term fit, Devontae Graham, I heard that the Pels were likely going to enter with exactly the roster that they finished last year with. And it looks like that's what's going to happen. So, no, Jordan, I don't expect any kind of moves. There may be something that happens before the deadline, right, with the names that we've been talking about often. Right? I've got to throw Garrett Temple in that mix. But this shows me that I think, one, David Griffin's overall happy with this roster, right? And that chemistry, it clicks. So you don't really want to mess with it unless you really are presented, you know, the perfect piece to trade for. Because when you're going to be getting rid of Devontae or Garrett Temple, you're going to be having to send out assets. So you got to make sure you're trading it for the right guy, not just to make a trade to get rid of them, send them to another team. So is it X in stone? It's going to be C.J. McCollum and Herb Jones in the backcourt, Zion, Brandon Ingram, and Jonas Valanciunas. Is X your starting five? I mean, do we can we just get right to the regular season? I think we can, and I bet you Jonas would like that. Right? He had a tough Euro basket. Yeah. Uh, set of games where he played over there in Europe, right, just concluded where he was battling like a warrior, playing just about 40 minutes a game. And, you know, we caught footage, right, of him limping afterwards and stuff like that. Right. So I think he's probably going to want some time off. I would be surprised if he barely plays in preseason. So we'll see Billy Hernan Gomez, who dominated and won that Eurobasket MVP. And Jackson Hayes, right, he's got one final chance to prove to the Pelicans that he can be a useful long-term piece and at the position that they need help at, which is at center. Because with Zion back... Yep. He's not going to see much time at the four. So I'll be curious to see what Jackson can do, especially in preseason, at that center position. ESPN's come out with their top 100 players. C.J. McCollum was like 45. Zion was number 40. Brandon Ingram was, I think, 28. Um, 
somebody's going to have to sacrifice. And I'm, I'm just curious, do you think that that chemistry is strong enough where you can add a Zion into the mix? That means fewer shots for the others, maybe less recognition for the others. Because if Zion does what Zion's capable of doing, that's all every national telecast dealing with the NBA is going to talk about. Do you really believe that that chemistry is that tight that it can manage that? I absolutely do because of one key factor, and that's C.J. McCollum. He's on the other side of 30 years of age. He's already made a ton of money in this league. So he's now willing to take a vaccine. I think he was when he accepted a trade to the Pelicans, right, when he signed off on it, because he knew that he was going to be on a downside of his career. So it's time to write some younger guys, form something special, and hopefully win a championship or two. So I think without a doubt, CJ is going to be that guy. So I can understand his ranking slipping, but I'll tell you what, Williamson, okay, yeah, he missed all of last season. He's a huge injury risk, but we know what his right. potential is. And all yes. of this news over the last what, five months has been nothing but positive. So yep. I'm kind of surprised he's at 40. And then Brandon Ingram, that's the one that doesn't make any sense. How's he dropping three places when he by <laughs> far played the best basketball of his career the final uh, few months of the last season going into the playoffs, right? That just doesn't oh. make any sense because Brandon Ingram, I still think, was the best player in that Phoenix Suns series. So if he can just t- take off from there, he's much better than 29. There aren't 28 better players than, than him in the league, I think. I like it, though. See, that's motivation for all of them. Yes. All mm-hmm. of them. Where do you think the, the Pels will be picked if you did a straw poll uh, around the NBA? Where do you think they would put them uh, in, in the Western Conference going into the season? I think probably right around seventh, right? Okay. Maybe eighth, right right there towards the end, which unfortunately is that playing tournament uh, line. Because, look, Warriors, they just won a championship. They've got their whole group. Memphis right. Grizzlies, they've been just – World world beaters, basically, and rising up from the ashes to finish number two last year. And they're still young. They're only going to be going upwards. Denver Nuggets, Los Angeles Clippers, they're both getting key guys back, right? Kawhi yeah. Leonard, Paul George yeah. should be healthy. For the Nuggets, right, they've got Jamal Murray back, Porter. So I think those uh, four teams will easily be above the Pelicans. And, right, then there's Dallas, right? Luka Doncic, it's hard to put the Pels. We haven't done as much as Dallas above yeah. them. Same thing with Minnesota. They just added Rudy Gobert. Anthony Edwards looks like the next big thing. So it's hard to put them over those teams, I think, those six. So, yeah, I'd probably put them at seven, you know, and I would put them ahead of Phoenix because I don't trust them, Jordy. I think Jordy, or excuse me, Phoenix's time has come and gone. And with this whole Sarver news, even though it's going to be a positive outcome, I just don't trust them. I don't trust them. Utah is not going to be anything because they got rid of Uh everybody. And I think the loss of Jalen Brunson really hurts the Dallas Mavericks. I really do. So uh, there's there's moves to be made to climb up the charts. If the Pels can just stay healthy, we will see. Well, uh, they'll start the very abbreviated training camp. They'll get right into preseason games coming up in a matter of days, uh, and then the season will begin. So we shall see. But, Ali, I'm excited, man. Uh, apparently, um, Zion is taking care of business, acting like a pro, working like a pro, eating like a pro, and if that's the case, he ain't going to be number 40. I can promise you that. No way. And I'll, I'll point to this. Michael Jordan started off his uh, career brilliantly with the Bulls, right? But then he had a – where he broke his foot in his second season. That's well, that right. third season, he came back and, like, you know, took the league by storm. Where I think he increased his points per game average by, like, eight to something ungodly, like 36, 37. 
So wow. I wouldn't be surprised if Zion kind of does something similar, Jordy. Huh. Ali Cassell, you got me fired up, man. All right. Keep keep <laughs> on your vacation because it's about to come to a screeching halt, buddy. Always fun talking with you. Thank you. Absolutely, Jordy. First preseason game less than two weeks away. That's amazing, right? <laughs> it's amazing. I can't wait. Can't wait. Thank you, man. Be good. Thanks. You too, Jordy. All right. Uh, Ali Cassell at the Bird Rights. All right. Back to the NFL because the action's in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. With payouts bigger than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code 1037GAME to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when they place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code 1037GAME, only at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, physically present in Louisiana, select parishes only. Bonus issued as free bets, one boost per eligible game. Opt-in required, parlay and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility in terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-770-STOP. Are you serious? Yeah, that's next here. The Jordy Helper Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette. 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the Tigers and Astros in Southwest Louisiana. Jordy Holberg has been a star on the hardwood and in the broadcast booth. But did you know he was also a star on the dance floor? Wash your hair. You know, I work on my hair a long time and you can hit my hair. John Travolta ain't got nothing on the blonde bomber. Now back to the man with all the moves. Jordy Holberg and the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Do you remember the 21st day of September? We were dancing the night away. That is the 21st day of September. That's Earth, Wind, and Fire. I was a fire marshal inside the Assembly Center, as it was called back then. We were on the LSU basketball team. That's how we got tickets. We held flashlights up, uh, and we walked around. We listened to Earth, Wind, and Fire play September. Hi, Welcome back, boys and girls. Time to talk a little football, LSU style, with our main guy. We usually get him on a Monday, but something came up, and we're thrilled to get him today. And that's from the Are You Serious podcast, Blake Rafino. Do you remember, Blake, the 21st night of September? Uh, yeah, I do. I was wondering if you were going to be able to sing that, Jordy, all the way through. No, I can't. I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to. You know, if I'm on America's Got Talent, I would have, but not on this thing. No, no, not. I, I think, I think, I think you could do it. I, I really think that you could go on the Voice and win the whole thing, Jordy. That's I might I be able to. I, I, I'm, I'm really, you know, just if they could put a microphone <laughs> in the shower, dude. I mean, Sinatra got nothing on me. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. I All right. That. Um, I heard that. Let's talk a little football. Um, yeah, yeah. The big news, of course, is that LSU started not one but two true freshmen on the offensive line. Emory Jones came in. Anthony Bradford was suspended for the game. I don't know. I don't know if he got Wally pipped or not. And and, and Emory Jones is going to be the Lou Gehrig on the right side. I don't know yet. But when does it come a point in time 
where you got to stop experimenting and you got to get continuity. It seems like continuity on the offensive line is more important than any other position group in football. Um, are they tinkering around too much? Um, no, because I still think that they have to find their best unit uh, moving forward. I, I mean, because the continuity seemed pretty pretty good Saturday, Jordy, right? Yeah. I mean, uh-huh. um, so, I, you know, look, continuity also, Jordy, falls in on that position with your knowing your assignments, right? And so Emory Jones coming in and knowing his assignment is a big deal. Now, they didn't give him anything, in my opinion. I think it was it's easier for him from a tactical, as Brian Kelly's word, tactical position, um, mm-hmm. because there's not really a lot that you have to know other than where the play's going in reference to run plays, things like that. So I thought that he did good, but uh, really and truthfully, I think that this is more of a positive, Jordy, because now you know for a fact that you have six or seven guys that can play, right? right? Like you get, you, and you know that. So, right. uh, you know, you don't want a guy like Anthony Bradford who's going to get drafted to not play. But would you also, you know, the benefits of that is obviously having Emory in there. I, Jordan, I'm going to be honest. I don't know how they take him off the field. I, right? Like I'm I, with I, you. I don't. After what we saw last week, you know. That's, it's going to be a very tough conversation. At minimum, they're going to be rotating those guys in and out very frequently. It's kind of amazing. For many years, it seemed like the state of Louisiana had no offensive linemen that LSU were, could recruit. Right. Now they're, now they're coming through the cracks. They're everywhere. Well, and a lot of those guys, Jordy, want to be premier left tackles. Well, you know, like guys like Mason Smith, Jordy are being convinced, believe it or not, to play left tackle or right tackle because look at what they're getting paid. And the truth is, that in the NFL, it's not just the money. You know, Aaron Donald's making a lot of money, but look at the tackles in the league. That the length of the deal is so huge. I mean, Lyle Collins got what two? He got cut or whatever by the the Cowboys. That was a five year deal. And Jordy, I think he's got what another three, four, five year deal now. I yeah. mean, and that that's where a lot of coaches pushes these guys. Um, you know, because now with the spread attack, you got to be more Savion Jones, Harold Perkins, D.J. Ojolari, not mm-hmm. what we remember like, you know, Reggie White or things like that. you got to be more nimble and be able to get after a running quarterback. Yeah, no, no question about that. Man, that Jalen Hurts is good. So is that Josh Allen. Uh, Blake Rafino, the Are You Serious podcast. Take the take the Southern game out of the equation, okay? Because it just doesn't matter. Um, from a coaching perspective, how do you rate the the job the coaches have done as far as how this team has improved from the Florida State game to now after the Mississippi State win? I give them an A right now, Jordy. Honestly, or maybe a B plus. You know, um, <laughs> I hate to say this because I always feel like I'm bashing on Coach O because I'm and I'm really. My intention's not to do that. The, the simple fact that the in-game adjustments, you don't win that game Saturday if Coach O's on the headset. You just don't. And Okay, um, why? I, I think, for, look, I think Mike Denbrock's taking some, un, un, you know, some heat that he doesn't need to take. 
I think mm-hmm. he's got guys wide open. I think schematically he's calling the right plays. Um, and then Matt House, look what he's doing. I mean, Jordan, that defense looks like it's getting better every week. Yeah. I mean, if you would have told me through the first three weeks the most points that we gave up would be 24, and some of those points are based off of your offense's inability to move the football, and you have two goal line stands, sign me up 10 out of 10 times. So, mm-hmm. look, they have an interesting task this week, Jordy. They got a coach and an offense that likes to run the pistol, zone reads. It's, it, it, it's a, sometimes it can be a triple option just through a pistol spread formation. So they got a task this week for sure. Yeah, you can't take anything for granted. I mean, if, if you can't see what's happened in college football already this season, you know that. I'm curious, you, um, you mentioned the defense. And Coach House, I mean, they, they were terrific against Mississippi State. The numbers don't lie. Talk about what um, how important Jaquelin, uh, Jacoby Gillery, Gillery, God, I can't say his name, Jacoby Gillery has been since Mason Smith's season-ending ACL tear. He, he's been, I mean, he's seen his reps go up. He's been pretty valuable, I think. Yeah, massive. I mean, he's he's not going to show up in the stat sheet, but Jordy, it's a lot like Tyler Shelvin. You know, the first B.J. Ojolari sack is accredited to Jacoby and Guillory in the sense of that he got so much pressure and penetration uh, in inside that pocket that uh, – freed up and, and made Will uh, Will uh, oh gosh but Will Rogers excuse me yeah um, scramble out of the pocket and BJ was there to, to take him down um, and he's been big in the running game but you know Jordan the, the guy that I have been most impressed with on that defensive line since he's gone down is Makai Wingo um, okay. Jordan he's been he's a missile you know and when you have a guy that that wins the award for the strongest guy on the team that's that nimble in his first three steps, it's a problem for an offensive guard. Um, if they, you know, The problem is he's got to get off a of box a little bit better. But, Jordy, if you know, I mean, the, both fourth down stops, uh, it, it's him getting penetration and being in the backfield that stops him. So mm-hmm. um, hats off to both of those young men. I think that they've really stepped up, like you mentioned, when Mason Smith, who actually had surgery today, uh, okay. If I'm not mistaken, uh, per, per his social media, um, uh, hmm. it, it's been massive. Uh, Blake Rafino, the Are You Serious AYS Are You Serious podcast uh, with us. We we talk about LSU football each and every week. Look, LSU ran the football, which I think was was a key to their their comeback and their win over Mississippi State. Um, but they did it by committee, right? Um, is that going to be the formula for us? Is it going to is it going to be Jalen Daniels being the leading rusher and getting some complimentary help from everybody else? Boy, I hope not. <laughs> um, <laughs> look, I, I, I look. I, it's so hard to break that down, Jordy, because you know if, if there is a you know the way that I see it is this is if. There's a 50-50 ball, and he throws the pass, and it does fall incomplete for whatever reason. Okay. Yeah. Then what's the then versus him scrambling and pick up 17 yards? I'd rather the 17 yards. Give me, give me the yardage I know that I'm going to get versus something that may or may not happen. That's a 50-50 chance. Because what we know is is that him and Keishawn Booty or Booty excuse me, are not on the same page. 
Um, it shows why being in spring practice is such a big deal. Um, it's such a hard thing to judge off of. But what it does do, okay, and if you've noticed this, Jordy, in the second half, teams and LSU has been able to complete more passes mainly due to the fact that now they have to account for Jane Daniels for running the football, yeah. that it puts so much pressure on them to stop him. And that's why his third and fourth quarter stats, Jordy, lead not only the SEC, they lead the country. Jordy, he is the best fourth quarter passer in the country. No doubt. He's completing, he's completing 87% of his passes, two-thirds of his yards, and the games are coming in the fourth quarter. I know it's a small sample size. And majority of his touchdowns are coming into the fourth quarter. So, I think Tiger. You know, my question would be if the thirty-three, if thirty-one-three run would have been to start the game, and then yes. and then Mississippi State made adjustments, and the game got closer. Versus the opposite way, would LSU fans freak out about Jane Daniels running the football as much? No, uh, they wouldn't. That's right. Right. Yeah. So my, my whole thing is, got it's a it's a four-quarter game. Jordy, you, if you go on a thirty-one-three run in the in the in the first half or the second half, I really don't care because Just if go you on do it. that, you're right. going to win nine nine point nine out of ten times. If you go on a thirty-one-three run in any half, That's so right. sign me up for that ten days a week, Amen. Or seven days a week. Amen. Blake Rafino with us. Who's going to be the punt returner now? Another position, Jordy, that I think is really complicated, and Brian Kelly talked about this on Monday. You know, uh, the young man, Clayton, uh, if decisions. he did, you know, if he did fully believe that the ball touched somebody, then what does he do? Right. You know, like, what does he, you know, and it's such a tough thing to say, Jordy, because I don't know, but, but, but the thing is, he can't feel the punt inside the 10-yard line. No way. Okay. That's what I'm talking about. So he gets, yes. Right. So, and then, Jordy, the kicks and the, and, and the kickoffs are too much of on, on a line drive. That's mm-hmm. going to continue to kill you. And yeah. it killed LSU against Mississippi State, but they got lucky because Mike Jones played uh, his, you know, his lane correctly, which then he got the holding call against him. Right. Um, so... You know, I think Brian Pullman was right. We we have been really spoiled when the number one punter in the country and the number two kicker in the country go down with injury. What is he supposed to do at this point, right? Yeah. And but in reference to to the return game, he doesn't have an excuse. You can't convince me that there's not a player on that team that can't field punts, right? And doesn't have the situational awareness of what to do. I'm not. You can't convince me of that. So every, they better every figure coach, something I, out. And they better figure something out quick because Jordan, a game like this, let special teams be a problem because that game gets closer than it needs yeah. to be, and you play starters longer than they need to go. So you better be careful. I'm with you. Every coach I've ever talked to, ever seen, you plant your feet on the ten yard line. You don't move back. You only move forward. If the ball goes over your head, you don't touch it. Right, and the only opposite thing is if you do, go to the opposite side and act like you're fielding the punt. Right. right. Okay? But other than that, other than that, you know, he can't, y'all, we can't have that because we're, 
I'm going to tell you, Jordan, we're going to lose another game because of special teams. No you doubt. You watch. No doubt whatsoever in my mind it's going to rear its ugly head. And if they keep having to play from behind like this against good teams, we got no shot. Got no shot. Just telling you. So they better well, start what fast. Want, what you don't want in this is because, Jordan, here's the hypothetical truth now. Hypothetically, knock on wood, you win this weekend. Auburn, speaking of dumpster fires, Auburn—they <laughs> don't look good at all. Okay, and then you got Tennessee. So, Jordy, then you're two and zero in the league, going up, and, and at that point, going into the Tennessee week, you're going to have two ranked opponents probably at night in Death Valley, right? Yeah. So then That's you right. have a situation where if you go three and zero in the league, <laughs> now now you're starting to stare at a situation where. You can you can be a top two or three team in the West, okay? Maybe even two. Heck, you know, heck, I don't and, think you know, beat Bama, look, but what you don't want is the special teams to take one of those wins away from yeah, you, yeah. and then you're like, well, you know what? We could have beat Bama, and because of special teams all year, we lost that game. You That's can't right. have that happen. Blake Rafino, the Are You Serious podcast, and just as easy as we could talk about being undefeated, they could be one and two in league play. You never know with this no team. No doubt. Yet. Yet. We have not established that yet. But, Blake, hey, have a great week on the radio and with your podcast, I mean, and uh, thank you for your time as always, buddy. Thank you, too, Jordy. Y'all have a good day. All right, there you go. Blake Rafino, the Are You Serious podcast. All right, special thanks to our guest today, Mike Huguenin on 3.com, talking all things college football. Ben McDonald, the race, Aaron Judge, Albert Pujols um, in Major League Baseball. Ali Cassell talking the NBA and the Pels, and Blake Rafino talking LSU football. If today is your birthday, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. Hope you have a great one, a little cake, a little ice cream, a little present. You share yours with the Cinderella story, Bill Murray is 72 years old today and doing the Carlton Alfonso Ribeiro is 51 years old today. Um, tomorrow we'll pick uh, some NFL games with the Schwab, Frank Schwab. We'll get Tony Barnhart on to talk SEC football. We'll talk more, go behind enemy lines uh, with the ULM Warhawks, New Mexico, um, the Carolina Panthers. We'll have it all for you. So, um, come on back tomorrow, same time, 2 to 4, same great station, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. James, thank you so much. Thanks to all of you for listening. Thanks to our partners that make it possible. Until tomorrow, I'm Jordy Helpert. Stay thirsty, my friends. Stay healthy. Let's be kind to one another and be happy. So long, everybody. <laughs>